My name is Anthony Capazzoli, and this is the Dismantled Life Podcast, where we share stories of hope, love, and strength from the darkness of addiction into the sunlight of sobriety. These are stories from people just like us who have lived through the pain and made it. No matter how bad it gets, just know that you can and will recover. It takes work. It takes hard work. Each week, we talk in detail about what it takes to make it, what it takes to beat your addictions. I am a recovering addict from alcohol, cocaine, and nicotine. My addiction started in eighth grade. I am now 50. I had over 40 years of very bad habits to break. I hit rock bottom hard. More than once, I nearly died. I would have left my wife and two young children behind. I've been clean and sober for nearly three years. I completely dismantled my entire life and rebuilt it from the ground up. I believe to make it in recovery, it takes a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual approach. It takes a positive mindset. It takes hard work. It takes a village. Join me weekly to learn from my sober superhero guests on the Dismantle Life podcast. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Please be sure to leave a rating and review anywhere you listen to your podcasts and let me know if you want to be on the show. Happy recovery. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It means the world to me. I've, I've listened to your podcast and the, I've gotten a lot of value out of it. The guests that you've had have been amazing. The message you preach is it, it just connects with me. So I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. I love how you threaded your recovery into this unbelievable brand uh, around fitness and good health and proper motivation. And believe it or not, like a dip of stoicism um, about kind of planning for the worst and aiming for the best kind of concept. Absolutely. Uh, and I love Thank it, you. dude. I really, really love it. And I, I'm cur- I'd love to talk about all of it, but I think the fun, well, not fun thing, please excuse that. It's not what I mean. <laughs> but what, what I'm really excited about because fitness, I don't look it, not like you, but fitness and boxing and walking and hiking and biking saved my life in recovery. Like it was, it was everything for me. And if I didn't have Absolutely. that, I've, I would have died for sure. I, I never would have made it through. I'm three and a half years in. I never would have made it had I not found my alternative in life from right. alcohol and cocaine to, right. in my case, it was boxing and, and walking. So I love it, dude. I, I'm, I'm really excited to hear your story and learn about what you're doing today and how you're helping so many great people. And this is wonderful. Awesome. I appreciate that. You know, I feel like we, we all are kind of looking for some intensity in our lives. Really, uh, a lot of us, we want to thrill. And exercise gives the same type of thrill. You're receiving something, you're getting endorphins, and it's addicting, you know? Yeah. And so, like, it saved my life, too, brother. I could totally relate to that. Absolutely. Still does, day it, by day. It really yep. does, man. I, I have to say, like, when I got out of the hospital, I was overweight. Um, I hadn't exercised in as long as I could remember. And I was, you know, I was in the worst shape. I nearly died. Um, so my story, everyone knows, is episode one for my listeners. But I, I say this in our conversation because I didn't know what to do. I couldn't walk a quarter mile without bending over and heaving. Uh, how, um, how heavy were you? Uh, I was about 220. Okay. So, you wow. know, for my frame, that's substantial. Uh, and yeah. so I'm down to my, in my, my fittest weight. I, I was, you know, when I was boxing uh, seven days a week, I was down to like one, 175 and I'm about wow. 185 now. Um, but, and I say it's a comfortable 185 for me because it's, it's not my fighting weight. 
not, you know, as, as it goes, but uh, it's good for me because I carry it healthy. Um, I don't do all that other nasty stuff, but yeah. what I was able to do is slowly be, cause I didn't know what to do. Right. I, I so I slowly started walking uh, a mile, quarter mile at a time until I could add to, until I could literally walk a 10 K a day. Then yeah. I started biking five miles. Then I started boxing eight rounds a day on top of those two other things. And then, you know, all of a sudden you look back and you're like, I can't believe I'm the same person. I'm not jonesing for cocaine. I'm not slamming alcohol. I'm in great shape. I get up every day at 5 a.m. and I have my routine and I still do all of that stuff. Yeah. And it saved my life. I mean, it, it gave me purpose. It, like you said, the endorphins and I felt great. And you get this confidence that gives you the ability to have a great day or get up and dust off from a mistake. Like that's the other side of it. That's so great when you can mess up and not feel like a pile of shit. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. You're really, you're overcoming, you're overcoming something that's hard that most people don't want to do. And it gives you a sense of pride after, you know, which is a, it's a feeling I tell my clients to chase, chase that feeling through the rest of the day. Uh, You know, it all really depends on how you start your day. Like I believe that, you know, a good way to stay sober is by getting out of your comfort zone. The first thing, first thing in the morning. And for me, that's early wake up, like wake up early and you won't don't hit that snooze button, get your feet on the floor and wake up. And you're, you're putting yourself in this like suffering state, right? Like, ah, I don't want to, but when you get up, you get that sense of pride and, and it's crazy. Those wins through the day, they create confidence, like you said, and then it creates this new person. Some, it's something to live for. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Awesome. I, it, you're, you're right. I, I <clears throat> there was lots of different, wonderful podcasts that I listened to and I, I plucked pieces of motivation from every day. And one of them is, you know, like you said, get up early, make my bed every morning. I make my mm-hmm. bed and I, I begin my day. Uh, so my routine in the morning is a little bit different now with it involves reading and some other things. And get my kids off to school. And then I come back and work out box and stuff. And it's just because I'm a dad first. I have to be a dad first for my kids and help my, right. my, my wife get the boys off to school and stuff, but I still box and I still bike and I still walk. And now I've added tennis and, and some other things. Um, but enough about me. I, I'm curious, Eric, I want to maybe give the audience a sense of who you are. And then I'd love to dive in uh, to learn more about what life was like, what I would say pre-addiction, and then right. what life was like in addiction and then what your rock bottom was or what your event, your everything and nothing moment, I call it, that changed uh, when you got up that one morning and said enough is enough. Yeah. And then what what you're doing today in the sunlight, because that's uh, what I love. Those are the stories I love to hear. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm Anthony, I've, I've overcome a lot in my life. It's hard to believe sometimes. It's it's disheartening sometimes to see myself in my past. It is, but I try to put myself back there every day just so I can be more empathetic of people's pain. You know, like I'm not an empath spiritually. I'm an empath through experience. And and what I do now is I help people get through any, any adversity, whether that is addiction or anything else in life through the exact steps that I took. And so like, that's me now Um, pre-addiction. I could say there wasn't a lot of time. You know, I started at a very young age, eight years old. Um, 
and it was really like accidental finding the the pill bottle and what what it did to me is what caused the addiction from then on really like and for me i don't really believe that it's the vice that you pick it's what you're running from and you know what i mean like that's the addiction and it was this moment where i i finally felt better i felt like i had a sense of humor i felt more accepted more relaxed i've always been intense always and because of that i felt rejected you know and so when i did take that pill for the first time it, it changed that i finally felt accepted um and i knew like from then on this was my life this i'm gonna find a way to feel like this for the rest of my life and i remember that um but before that you know i grew up in a very well put together home dad is a uh, prison guard Folsom Folsom prison uh, correctional guard he's out now very strict household Christian um, mom and dad mom's hairdresser just that typical middle class you know American family and uh, I didn't have a bad life at all I didn't have you know bad childhood Um, it was all of my adversity was self-inflicted I was an artist at hiding self-sabotage um and because of that like i guess i I had dealt with some trauma just by not feeling accepted and as a kid that's really hard on a kid to not feel like you're being listened to or accepted being told to like calm down all the time you know i i um diagnosed bipolar too and so i didn't know that till later on in life but that was a reason why I was always in turmoil in my head. I couldn't really hold my emotions. And then when I took that pill, it changed. So mm-hmm. I was able to like control myself better, um, or at least that was an excuse to continue. Right. Um, so, and then uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you were no, at, at, at that young age, you were expressively manic. Uh, and it's interesting because a lot of times it doesn't manifest until teenage years. And I am not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I'm just having done my own personal research and, and things because of my condition. Yeah. Uh, so that must have been really, really, really tough to deal with at that age. My, it's hard to deal with at any age. I can't right. imagine at that age. Holy cow. Yeah, it was just mostly like extreme temper tantrums, punching walls. Like, But again, like boys will be boys, right? I always heard that. And so I just thought that, you know, maybe, you know, that's just normal. But... I was told it's not right. And, um, I I've, you know, anger has been one of my coping mechanisms as well. Mm-hmm. Anger, violence, get, got into a lot of fights growing up. Um, you know, like fast forward towards high school time, uh, is really when like things got a little rough. It, it did. I, you know, I was kind of smart through the years. I, I had my, my stuff together. I was controlled, more controlled, obviously still using behind everyone's back and, and finding ways to get high. Um, and then in high school, I kind of detached and I went off the deep end probably around like hitting puberty and all that. Um, and I started, you know, getting into more of like more violence, more fights, you know, cocaine and stuff like that. And, um, that was a really hard time in my life because I, I pushed away everyone, everybody that I knew. And it was mostly like anger and violence. I just couldn't control it. I walked around so mad looking at people like, what are you looking at? Just finding ways to 
in my opinion, now that I look at it, it is, I had a big ego because I was very insecure about the way people felt. And so I expressed it in a way to protect myself, to defend myself. And that was violence. Um, I got kicked out of my, my family's house. My mom and dad kicked me out at the age of 17. Um, and that was the start of something very deep, very hard, homeless at 17. First night I was homeless, I got introduced to methamphetamines the first, oh. first night. And wow. it was accidental. I didn't know that's what it was. I thought it was cocaine. And um, I, I fell in love. Like, yeah. honestly, most yeah. powerful feeling I've ever felt. It kind of put me back to that day when I was eight. It's like, I finally felt good, but not sleeping, not eating for three weeks at a time. And I, I didn't just do drugs, brother. Like I was, I was out smoking and out snorting 20 year old, 20 year veterans. <laughs> like, wow. like my heart hurt constantly. I was always like, I was doing it to die. I was not doing it to get high anymore. Yeah. I was trying to separate myself from this internal pain. Right. And yeah. so the one thing uh, I want to point out for listeners and, and listen, the people listening to my show uh, are usually in recovery and, and understand everything you're saying. But if for anyone that is listening to this episode and they're a first time listener or uh, maybe struggling with addiction themselves at still and that recovery, I think the two things that are interesting, uh, the whole story has been wonderful uh, and very eye opening to me. But I, I, I think that, when you said chasing death, that that's a huge deal. Uh, I think a lot of people end up using and abusing at the levels that we do to die, to put an end to it all because the pain is so immense. And then yeah. the holes you're trying to fill, but you don't know what you're doing. You're just filling these holes to make yourself feel good, but you're really covering up the pain. So you're not Go really ahead. feeling good. You're faking it. But the one thing that you said that's really interesting is the first time you tried it was a mistake. And what I want to point out here is there Forget about the concept of a gateway, gateway, anything. I mean, anything can yeah. be a gateway. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, and I, what I think is interesting to me is I've had many people say that they uh, hit whatever they hit harder than anyone else because they were seeking to die or that first time they did it. Everyone always says that about heroin. The first time you do it, you can become addicted. And I say bullshit. The first time you do anything, you become fucking addicted because you're looking yeah. for how it makes you feel. And it doesn't matter. The scale of addiction is, I think, uh, kind of a dangerous thing conceptually. What you're saying, and I, I think is 100% on point, if I could be so bold as to cast an opinion, is yeah. that it's powerful to me because I, got, I have goosebumps and chills because it scares me. Because I know how bad and how scary that must have been. My God, I can't imagine. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah, it was, you know, basically chasing death but not wanting to die. Like I, I had been suicidal since I was a young, young boy. And I was taught not to share my emotions. I was taught not to be vulnerable, not to tell anybody. And I think that's what really hurt me. Like I was, I was on my own. I was a complete loner like I had people around me very evil very very evil people of course I can't tell them my problems but like right. I was all my problems lived inside of me in my head and that was the most traumatic thing that I went through like I built up years and years of this in, internal pain and like pressure and I would relieve it 
through drug use, through violence, you know, through crime. And it never came out. It, it never did. Um, yeah. And I mean, we can, this was not my, my worst addiction. Like it, it may have been my worst, the worst drug I did, but I, I, that was a rock bottom for me. And I had hit multiple after that. Like it, I wasn't done when I got clean off meth. I found a new drug, a new way to hide it. And I just never, I, I never dealt with my pain. And, you know, we'll get to the point where I, where I did that, that changing moment in my yeah. life. But with the methamphetamine, like I eventually, um, I eventually got psychosis. So drug induced psychosis, like very, very bad. I was that guy on the side of the road, chewing on his tongue, yelling at car. Like I was not there. I was gone skipping through time. Like I don't remember most of it. I remember like waking up in random places and like I always had some, some of it in my, in my pocket so I could just continue in it. Like I, I saw demons, I heard voices like I pushed it to the very uh, last point that anybody could. And, um, you know, signs of schizophrenia and, and all this. So I had really burnt my brain during this process. And wow. that was my that was my goal, honestly, to not just die. But like I always wanted to be crazy. I know it's weird to sound, you know, it sounds weird, but I always wanted to be like, I guess, seriously different than everybody yeah um you know i just like looked at different like this guy's crazy i wanted that for some reason but the other thing is i also wanted to like separate myself from reality completely and that's what drug use is your or alcohol or any addiction is you're separating yourself from your reality you know yeah it, it's, it's it's crazy it's you're 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 spot on I, I i think your description you nailed it you're trying to separate or hide from your reality create a new reality, but you're, whatever it is, you're faking it um, in, 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 in the induced reality. And, and I, I, it's, um, <clears throat> it's unbelievable to me that uh, you look great now. I, I'm Thank like, I, I, it, it's, it's, I'm always amazed at how wonderful the guests on my show sound and look and, and how wonderful they're living uh, in recovery and the gift is, and, and I see this, there's some memes out there and some people on Instagram that I, I just love. And in and, and one of them said, I've never met a single person who said they regretted getting sober. And, and, I, and I love that because I think that that's the thing that you don't think about when you're in the middle of using, right? You don't give two shits. You're like, no, 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 no. I want my next bag of blow or my next drink or my next what, whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. you never think about it. But then when you, when you finally have had enough and you've hit your rock bottom or bottoms, uh, I hit my rock bottom a couple of times. I bounced hard across the rocks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, <laughs> but I needed to, I'm just a stubborn asshole. And I, I had to, I had to do that to make it real, to make it stick. Um, yeah. and it, it had to be so bad for me. And, and, I, and this is the other part of the show. Uh, I like everyone guess, uh, rather every guest unique perspective on rock bottom. Some of them have kind of like a feather didn't even really hit. They were just very graceful and landed on their feet and they were great. Me, yeah. I, I'm not that person. I hit real hard. So I, I always say that and I like to point it out because I don't think it, a lot of addicts, and I used to do the same thing in the middle of it, I would say, well, I'm not that bad. Look at that person. They're bad. They're the ones that need help, not me. Or right. it couldn't be that bad because I'm not doing this yet. 
So the yeah. scale is the scale. Um, but I'm curious. So you're on the side of the road. You 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 started to see things and in, in live in an altered reality. Um, so what happens next? I mean, what what does life give you that helps you take that step into the sunlight? I'm curious because that must have been a really scary time. Even though you don't remember it, I can't imagine what you went through. Yeah, I had a lot of people tell me how I was acting after I got sober. I remember those moments where I was like having visions of things ripping me apart. Like it was crazy. Yeah. And that was actually in that phase for a long time. And it was really when I came down from the drug that I was having that drug induced psychosis and hallucinations or, or not sleeping enough. Um, but eventually, like, like I said, I was hanging around with very evil people, um, very notorious prison gangs out here in California, you know, the, the wrong crowd. And I was selling for them. So I wasn't only doing it. I was selling. I was their go, you know, their gopher, their seller. Um, and I was also selling cocaine for the Crips. And weird. I was just, I, I had to find a way to get my fix. And that's how I did it. So I get it from them. I'd sell a lot of it, cut it, whatever, do everything I could to, you know, get as much as I could for myself and then go get more. You know, I, I put myself in some really bad situations being around the wrong people. And it's true what they say, who you hang out with is who you become. It's very true. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. Um, Pitbull uh, in an interview with Tony Robbins said it best. And I'm sure he wasn't he didn't make this up. And I'm sure he but show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I'm sure mm -hmm. there's a million other people that said it before Pitbull. But when he said it, I needed to hear it. Before that, it didn't matter to me because I wasn't listening. But for, for some reason, when I heard him say it, it stuck because it was the beginning of my recovery where I, where I was aware of that. And that's the other part. When yeah. you're not ready to recover, you're not ready to recover. You have to be in the right place. And, and it can't be forced, I, I guess, yeah. for lack of a better way to put it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I can't imagine how scary life could have become and you had to navigate some dangerous waters to get out of that world i would expect yeah luckily i wasn't part of the gang i was just making them money but um i mean there's multiple situations i've been held at gunpoint and knife point and held held hostage like I, i've been in some i've i've seen some crazy stuff too like nothing i want to really talk about on, oh, on the air please, but please yeah there's yeah just just to give you guys like an example it was insane yeah. insane and i was scared bro i was crazy i loved it i loved yeah. it i didn't partake in a lot of it but i i feel it I, <laughs> yeah. I i was there you know which is just as bad and so i i gained more and more trauma as i went through this and then i got caught so i went to jail got caught with a, a really good amount of both cocaine and meth and i spent some time in Sac County jail and I just turned 18. So I, and I was like 130 pounds, 120 pounds at the time. I looked like I was 12, all strung out, yeah. you know, and they put me, they locked me up and that's when I was forced to be sober. So I had, I didn't know anyone. I, so I, I got sober and that was really like a, a switching point for me. One of them, it was like, it was the first time in a long time that I had been sober and I realized like it, it was okay. So when I got out, uh, there's another story with 
I, I owed a lot of people money and yeah. I had to figure that out first. And that was not an easy task, but I got it handled and then I moved. So I moved to Truckee, California, still homeless. And I, I lived in the woods and I, I isolated myself just like I was in the cell and because I knew how it helped. And I, I did a lot of reflecting in isolation and I learned a lot about myself. And then, you know, next step met my wife. So, and, and she's a saving grace, honestly, like the best thing that ever happened to me. She is the only one in my life. I never felt rejected from, or, um, you know, not accepted. And so she was like the first person I ever felt love from. And I really, that that's what I needed, you know, and never felt that before. And so, um, you know, I, ended up getting, you know, on alcohol. I started drinking alcohol, turned 21 on my 21st birthday. I never really drank before that, like the drugs. I got, I got some alcohol and I didn't stop for four years. So, you know, up to a bottle a night, it, it was another addiction. Like I said, you're just running and, um, you know, eventually led me to an extremely, extremely dark place where my, my wife and kid had left me <clears throat> sick of my shit. And I decided I was going to take my life. And it was at that moment, the, the hardest moment I've ever had in my life where I, I could no longer hide. I had lost everything. And this time it was worse because I had lost the things that, that meant the most to me. But I was so ungrateful at the moment. I just let them go. I blamed it on everyone else. And I had no choice. I, in my head, I was like, I, I, there's nothing to live for. Like, I'm going to finally kill this pain. I'm done. I'm just going to stop it. I've been trying this whole time and it just pushed me into more pain. Like this is the only answer. And I just had a, of just a message sent to me like, no, dude, there's hope. And it was weird. This is God sent for me. God, God told me like, no, there's, there's a purpose for you. There's a purpose for all your pain. Like, just give it a try. And I, I told, I promised myself a year. Uh, if I don't get better, if, if this doesn't work, I'm going to kill myself. And I mean, that was the start of my journey of sobriety right then and there. I hit, hit the very rock bottom where I had no choice but to, to climb out or bury that hole with me in it, you know? So how did you, uh, how did you, what did you do to get recovered? I know we're always recovering, but um, there has to be a first step and some subsequent subsequent steps after that. What what, what yeah. did you do? What did that look like for you? Um, well, the first thing I did is I I had to learn what normal was, <laughs> and well at this time I had a job, so like as I was providing for my family as an electrician, and um, but so I wasn't completely screwed. I had a place to live. Um, I had to learn how to be normal. I never felt that. I've always like had to be this tense, crazy, have all these stories and be that guy. And I was like, I, I had to get it. I had to get in the community of people to understand like how they react to things, how they think through things like what's like, what is life like for normal people? And so I got into a community group with my church and mm -hmm. I have always been a Christian since I was young, basically like, you know, raised Christian. I never, I never lost hope of God. It was one of the things that I, I never lost hope for. And he, he was with me through this whole journey. And then he helped me get out of it and, and on a daily basis now. Um, but 
I, I just got in front of people and I just learned them. I asked them all these questions. Like, what is, what is life like? Like, do you lust? Like, you know, just like, yeah. do you, what do you do when you see a girl? Cause me, I'm like, ah, I can't control myself, you know? And they just explain like, yeah, they feel these things, but they just react to them differently. And so I, I learned that and, and I, I started to um, go to the gym more and, and get, get that fixed somewhere else. Yeah. I replaced it. Uh, I replaced the drugs and alcohol with fitness. And then I, I got obsessed with that. I started implementing the foods implementing early wake-ups and reflecting, reading, journaling. And I really, the biggest thing that happened to me is like, I finally stopped hiding from my pain and I, I felt it. I, I finally felt it. And it really wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, you know? Yeah. There was I hope. It, it, yeah. It's interesting that staring down the monster the pain, whatever, whatever that is, who yeah. is, is very scary. And the idea of it is usually, and I don't want to minimize anything here, but it's usually worse than the act of confronting the demons anyway. Um, and for me anyway, so the way I let me describe this is once I realized, like, just like you said, you can be okay sober. You can live a wonderful, happy, joyful, entertaining, wonderful, embracing life, completely sober. Yeah. And in fact, it takes, you have to learn that that is indeed the case. And then when you start confronting your demons, it sucks. It's hard. It is not easy. You've got yeah. to fight. And every day you've got to fight. You've got to go to your source, your higher power or your God, whatever, whatever it is and, and yeah. go back to the well. Often you've got to learn how to deal with your triggers, which is something you said too. Like, what do you do? Like you said, when, when you feel something um, and right. sometimes that trigger is very, very bad. Sometimes it's good, but it's a trigger. Nonetheless, for me, I had to learn that instead of running to have a drink or running to cut a line, uh, I would go for a walk or literally go for a run till my shins gave out. I shin splints is not a good thing for me uh, <laughs> or, or go box eight rounds or go for yeah. a bike ride and, and then just, or sit in, I'm going to say wallow in the pain. I don't mean wallow in a negative way. I'm saying let the pain come and yeah. deal with it and deal yeah. with it. And that, once you start doing that, because that same thing for me, sounds like you did the same thing is I, I turned my addiction on its head and I used it against itself. So right. I became addicted to my recovery. And I know that there probably are therapists out there shuddering going, well, you can't do that. But the, the point I'm making is, we have the power within us because I do believe that we're all sober superheroes and our superpower is recovery. And this yeah. is a very, this is a very personal thing that a lot of folks can't understand unless they've been here um, like us or have lived yeah. with someone like us. It's a scary, scary thing. And I'm very, I, listen, Eric, we just met, but I'm proud of you for putting your best foot forward every day Thank you. Um, and I don't mean that in a condescending way, brother. I mean that in a, in a, in a fellowship kind of way, because I know yeah. how fucking hard it is. <laughs> and yeah. um, I love it. Still is. Still it, is. You're right. You're exactly right. And, it, and, yeah. and the only thing is like, you realize it doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. Yeah. And you get it, it. And that is the other part uh, that you get joyful in recovery and you're living in the sunshine. So there you are. You're you've, now around good people who are showing you in your words, not mine, how, how to live yeah. and you're living it. 
God is with you and in part of your journey and still is every day. Uh, you're going to the gym and I'll let you take, uh, you know, kind of go back and, and finish. Cause I, this is incredibly interesting to me. Yeah. One, one thing I could say is that every time I went down this road, I got forced alone, you know, and that, that was always the outcome. You know, every time I went down this road of drugs and, or violence, like I was always basically like everyone just dispersed and I was stuck with myself. And like, that was, that was God's way of telling me like, no, you're going to deal with this. Like you can't run anymore. You got no one to run. Like no one's there. Like you have to deal with yourself. You can't use other people to, you know, make yourself feel better. Like you're isolated. And that was a really big lesson for me. And like every day I make sure that I do isolate myself and self-reflect and really try to understand myself because that's what, that's what really saved me. You know, Um, it was a hard transition. I can tell you that. And I had, I have slipped, I not in in ways that are like extreme, but I have slipped. I don't count the days I'm sober. That's one thing that I, I don't do. And the reason why is because I I let it go. I have, I, I no longer I'm no longer that person. I don't define myself as an alcoholic or a drug addict anymore. Yeah. I'm recovered. I'm a new man. Um, and I really became the man that I needed in my yeah. darkest days. Like that's, that's my purpose. I feel like that's everybody's purpose, like to become who you needed the most as, as a kid or in your darkest times. And I feel like there's a lot of satisfaction when you find that, you know, because yeah. then you can, you can send that energy to everyone everyone that you can um but it like i said it was a hard transition a lot of i i didn't feel ex- i went back to that not feeling accepted being too intense you know i yeah. i kept wanting to run away from it and and get away from people like good people sober people um but instead i i knew that's what i was trying to do so i i forced myself to move in with one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't run from him. And, and he's like, yeah, come sleep in my basement. And I was like, all right, cool. And that was like an amazing point in my life. Cause I had to like with him and his wife and his, th- and his three kids. And I was just like, Oh, I'm part of this family. Now I'm going to force myself into this. And it was good. It was great. Cause I couldn't bring in anything. I couldn't, you know, I was just, I was focused, very focused. And, um, you know, eventually like I called my wife and I was like, Hey, look, like, this is what I did to you. This is what I did to our family. This is what I'm doing. This is who I am becoming. And she, she took me back, bro. Like we went from that point of like, we were going to get a divorce. And this was like a four month period in between. And I just like, I, I changed for me. And then also for them as well. But I was able to call her back and prove like, hey, look, I'm better and I'm going to be become better. I'm going to continue to get better. And she took me back. And this is one thing that I preach is like when you can get your shit together, you can not only gain everything you've lost, but more, you know, like it's you, you'll live in, a, in abundance if you choose like good habits instead of bad ones. Choose to feel the pain and let it change you. instead of running from it, you know? And so just this, there's this transition of feeling my pain and a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. I mean, cause I've done some bad things and I've hurt a lot of people 
And I've just like had to accept that it was all my fault, you know? And I took responsibility for that and it changed me. And I said, no more every day, no more. I'm not, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to be that person. Instead, I could, cause I'm a very committed person and I was very committed to the bad life, to the addictions, to hurting myself, to just destroying everything around me. And so I committed the opposite way. And it was crazy because like you said, it was like my new addiction. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just driven me to this point in my life. It, it's amazing that uh, extreme ownership is a part of it for sure. Uh, yeah. For me, it was, I, I had to know that all oh, this was my fault. I mean, it, it, and that was a big deal for me. And then the other part of it is, yes, you do live in abundance. I think that what is wonderful, at least for me in recovery and lots of the folks I've had on the show and people I've talked to, a lot of the addiction comes from the wanting, but the negative side of the wanting, materialism, uh, it, like abundance with with manufactured wealth, as it were, right. or, or, you know, conspicuous consumption and kind of that kind of thing. And, and I think that once you realize that joy and wealth come from inside and in, in living uh, for, at whatever level you, you deem appropriate, but it's, it's about loving and being good with what you have and yeah. then let it come naturally and, and, but work hard and do and put the work in and be part of the process in yeah. a good way for your whole life and every little thing that you do. And then you realize that, do I really need to spend $80,000 on a car? And it's just a cheesy example, but right. because I think that pressure for a lot of people is the entryway. That really is the gateway. This, you know, having to do what everybody else does and everyone, yeah. you know, all of that bullshit. And that's a very big deal. So I, I love that the concept of living in abundance, because I do believe, uh, yeah. and I live in abundance now in a much simpler base way and I couldn't be happier. Uh, it's yeah. wonderful. So yeah. your wife takes you back uh, four months living with this family. Um, so what is life like now? I mean, I we got connected because you've got this wonderful brand that you help people become their best version of themselves. Yeah. Uh, and I can feel it from you, man. Like, I got to be honest. I mean, people can't see in uh, the listeners. This is just uh, an audio only podcast, but not only are you fit, but you're emanating this kind of power of this graceful control in a wonderful way. It's, it's, it's a, you can really tell that your convictions are deep and I love that, yeah. dude. It's super cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like it's part of me that I'm very proud of. I'm proud of my past. I've accepted it and it, it keeps me on the right track. Cause I know like I will go the other way if I don't, if I don't stay on this track and what, what happened is, you know, I ended up moving back in with my kid and wife and it's, it's just amazing. Like, uh, you know, I was still an electrician and then the COVID came and I, I lost my, I lost my job. And that was like a huge, another rock bottom for me in another way. Cause I was like, I'm finally doing good. Right. I'm sober. And then I just like lose all my income and I'm like, what's going on? Like, I, I, you know, yeah. like I deserve more. I'm doing good now. You know, it's right. not true. Like every little piece of pain and adversity is preparing us to be stronger for the next level up for the next, for the next pain, you know? And I've learned that, that I'm who I am because I felt the pain and I've become strong enough to deal with the pain now. And on the next level, there will be more and there will be more. You never run from the pain. You can't. So like, let it change you. But I'm at this point, like I, I was helping a guy lose weight mm -hmm. as simple as that. And he lost 50 pounds in four months. And I was like, well, I'm lucky that he works hard because that was the day I decided like, all right, 
this is cool. I'm good at this. And so right. I, I started kind of advertising it. And um, within six months from that point, I had built a six figure business. Just crazy. Wow. Just insane. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Holy cow. Cause that is not an easy, in spite of what everybody sees on Instagram and Twitter and Google ads and all the bullshit, building a six figure business, doing what you love or what you were given a gift to do in life is not easy. Yeah. I, I don't care what anybody says. There is no hack. There is no bullshit way. No. It's, it's hard work, passion. And let's be honest, you have to be a little lucky too. Um, I mean, that's yeah. a big part of it. Um, I am, that's really wonderful. I, I cannot. I, so good for you for that, man. That is yeah. really good. Thank you. And really like what's kicked off with it is that I'm extremely vulnerable. So everything I was told that was wrong in week, I am that person because I wished when I was, when I was in my darkest places for this man to come grab me up and gr grab me and tell me and be honest with his life and his struggles and help me through mine. Like that's all I wanted. And I never had that. So I became it. And, uh, you know, being vulnerable with all this stuff that I'm talking about with you, telling people my story and how I overcame it had, has opened up the trust gates to the public and the truth is like, I'm a mentality coach, really. I'm a, I'm a mindset coach. I use the tools of fitness and nutrition to get to build the mindset, to build the character, build the discipline. But mostly I'm focused on your mind and what's holding you back. And just by them seeing like my transformation in my story and hearing it, you know, people came to me and they're like, I want what you have. And then I'm starting to think like what I have, like, did you like, I didn't even believe in myself at that point yet. Right. And then, you know, yeah. and now I'm like, I, I'm, I'm basically like, I'm a good influence now and respected. And it's weird because I was the exact opposite, right? <laughs> not too long ago. Yeah. And it's just crazy, bro. I wake up every day and I'm just like, I went from like psychosis, drug induced psychosis, meth addict, homeless to a man that people look up to and aspire to be like. And ask for help, like Eric Rogers. No, this is crazy. And so, and I've I been to these, it. yeah, I've been to these places in my life where I didn't have anything. I lost everything multiple yeah. times, and all I had was the clothes on my back, and all I had was my breath. And so, like, I've used all these adversities to build a program, and I get to teach people like how I, I use. I teach them the same tools I use to get through my addictions my horrible mindset, my trauma, and it's working, bro. Like people yeah. are quitting alcohol, drugs, cigarettes. Like I, I was on a group call yesterday. Three of my clients had quit something they were extremely addicted to. It's like day seven to 20. I'm like, this is crazy. It's amazing. And I didn't even tell them to quit, you know? Right. So it's working. Like I'm able, I, I've just, I'm blessed with that. And because I've been in those dark places, like I learned to be grateful yeah. For my breath alone, and a man that is that is grateful for his breath alone is unstoppable, unstoppable. That's the truth, dude. That is that is powerful because I agree. It 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 literally comes down to that. You have to be grateful. You've got to be open. You've got to be be able to receive joy. You've got to do because you want to. And I love what I love is man. Like I I. I I love the concept that it's the grind 
that gets you there. And I'm not just talking about getting up early and going to work every goddamn day. I'm talking about what you just went through and described how that fight gave you the ability and the platform to help other people with their struggles have a better life because you're teaching them the mindset. And, and that's the one thing I always tell people when they ask, well, you know, I'm struggling. Sometimes people call um, that I don't know from the show um, or reach out that I've never met in my whole life. And, and I yeah. love when they do. And they'll say, you know, I'm struggling and I, I think I'm drinking too much. And, and I always say, well, if you're making the call, first of all, I'm so grateful that you called. And yeah. I'm glad that you are self-aware enough to make this call. But if you're calling, you probably have a situation that needs to be dealt with. Right. Which I do first. And I always say, and everyone's got their own method, but I always say, like, well, the first thing you should do is stop drinking or doing coke or smoking or whatever it is, but do it safely, right? There's, yeah, you can't just hit the brakes coming down from alcohol. There are little medical situations that can arise, but yeah, I say, and then you have to get used to building the new patterns and the routines. And what are you grateful for? What are you joyful for? What's wonderful in your life? And it could be as simple as the flower that you could see out the window. Like yeah. you have to be like, and you said, and I think you definitely said better than me that grateful for your breath. Um, yeah. And that's, some, that's very powerful because it, that shifted mindset is everything because yeah. then you are not only grateful, but you live gratefully and you can give gratefully. That's, that's the power that you need to make it, man. And I, I yeah. dig what you are doing, man. Damn. Thank you, homie. I, I could say this addiction is selfish as hell. It's selfishness. And when you give, like, what value do you bring to this world? That should be a question you ask yourself every day. It's not what you receive. It's not about you. Like, this life is not about you. That's that's 100% fact. Yes, you have to become the best you so you can give the best you. But you're going through these pains, through this adversity in your life to, be, to push you, to grow you. Yeah. into this man or woman that you were meant to be pain pushes us towards purpose and we have to feel it so that we can mature into that person because whatever your adversities are is exactly what you're going to teach and help people through and we all have different pain you know and i believe that's like honestly if if you're trying to figure out what your purpose is and you're you're thinking a career it's probably not that it's probably everything you've been through in your life and what you've overcome so feel it let it change you. Uh, try to master yourself, understand yourself and where this pain is coming from, what it's causing in your life and separate your starts to start to separate yourself from the bad habits, things that uh, hide the pain, the things that push the pain away. So you do feel it and start to incorporate daily habits that align with whatever vision you seek in life. So pick goal and ask the, ask yourself if what you're doing is going to get you there. You know, I love it. Dude, that's, that's, I, that's, that's everything. I mean, uh, in a nutshell, um, and I'm a big fan of, of Tony Robbins. And, and so I'm going to quote yeah. him here. And, but, but I heard him say once, uh, life isn't what happens. Life isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. 100%. Uh, and and that, that's the part that I didn't really get. Uh, and it yeah. took a long time to understand and embrace that for real. And not, not just have it be lip service and some bullshit you say in a fucking corporate meeting. Um, I, I, I'm saying like to really live like that is a huge deal. Um, and, and I find that um, it takes practice. I think all of this takes practice and you have to live it every day. You can't, you can't 
you, you can't stop. Like you, you, you have to pursue it aggressively every single day. You can't give up. You, you can't fake it. Um, it yeah. It's got to be real. And you've got to, that's the other part of this, I think, for recovery for me is I have to know if I'm having a bad day, I kind of inspect why am I having a bad day? And then I deal with it. And then I embrace it. And now now I'm in a place where I can say to my wife, look, I'm having a rough day. I'm being extremely triggered for whatever reason. I need to go for a a walk, a bike ride or box or something. And she's like, yeah, I'll see you in a little bit. Yeah. But I'm aware of that. And and I need to have that. And I I love that you have built uh, your brand, helping people find the right mindset to live their best lives. Because I misspoke earlier, I, I talked about it as a fitness brand, and that's not fair. You've done a lot more than that, and that's really, really, really impressive to me, Eric. I, I am so Thank you. happy to have had you on the show. How do people find you to uh, live their best life with and through you? Because I, you are definitely someone people should reach out to. This is I really appreciate great. that. I appreciate that, and, and everything you've done for me already, brother. I. I could say I love you. Honestly, I say that to a lot of people. You're a good man. Um, if you guys, I, I've actually built this free guide to uh, discipline and self mastery. It's it's an amazing guide, and it it gives you the tools to st- to to put this into play in your life today. So, like, if you guys are like really looking to get your shit together and you want a guideline, like download this. Go to www.rogersfitnessacademy.com. Uh, forward slash guide and you download it it's it's yours it's free and inside of it it's going to give you like next steps so if you guys it'll tell you where to follow me instagram you can follow me at rogers it's just rogers fitness academy one word and then like i got a community for all my people as well that's free i got i got a lot of resources so get that guide it'll walk you through it um but i'm excited to see you know uh, how many people how many more people i could help I love it. And I'll have uh, the link to the guide and you in the show notes, of course. Perfect. Um, but Eric, dude, I, I've only known you for about an hour and I feel like I've known you forever. Uh, it's wonderful. It's, it's, I, I, I'm excited to have you. And I say, I, must, I love all of my guests. Every one of them has brought so much grace, joy, and sunshine to my show. Yeah. Um, and you have absolutely done that for me today. And I've learned a lot from you, man. And I, and I'm, humbled by your ability to turn such darkness into the sunlight for you man this is really super good man (laughs) it's a it's a choice every day i just remember that it's not always easy you got to wake up and make that decision every day what life are you going to live because you could go either way and it's your decision so wake up and make the right one be grateful for your breath and and just move on chase that feeling chase those wins I, I, love it. I appreciate you, brother. It's been awesome. Thank you I for letting me on. I appreciate you too. My pleasure. All right, brother.